This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not contain or replace any legal advice. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Watchdog, where we will be discussing the ACCC's leading cases in 2020 and how well they performed against their 2020 enforcement priorities. This time with a focus on digital telecommunications and consumer data. As you know, hopefully by now, my name is Sean Temby. I'm a partner in the dispute resolution and litigation team at Maddox uh, with a keen interest in competition and consumer law. I'm also, for my sins, the editor of the ACCC Year in Review publication, which we've been publishing now for about five years. It contains a detailed analysis of, uh, of these topics. If you haven't yet had a chance to read it, I encourage you to do so. Joining me today is Elise Ball and Sonia Sharma. Sonia specialises in cyber and data resilience advice and also advises on compliance with modern slavery legislation. Elise is a specialist in telecommunications, regulatory and competition and consumer issues and has coordinated large institutional responses to investigations by the ACCC. Ladies, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sean. It's so nice to be um, doing media with you again. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) So let's get straight into it. Elise, what were the ACCC's main areas of focus when it came to the technology sector in 2020? Well, I guess it was a focus for everyone, the COVID lockdown. And I think one of the roles technology had to play was making sure that we could all do what we needed to do from home. So one of the key things there was the ACCC's authorisation of NBN's special working group, which enabled the large telcos in Australia to uh, coordinate a little bit to make sure that we all had enough capacity and enough kind of broadband to do homeschooling, working from home and all of that. But it's very hard to go past the work of the digital platforms inquiry as well that still and remains a significant area of focus and gets you know even international attention as we saw happen with the media bargaining code which has really re-enlivened the net neutrality debate from a few years back. Yeah, I think we were all surprised by how well the NBN held up, given the demands um, that were being placed on it. But fortunately for everybody, that seemed to go okay. Were there any interesting cases in this area? Yeah, I think a standout for me in terms of the cases commenced last year was the ACCC's proceedings against Google, which are still underway. They're just knocking at the end of last year. And that case focuses on how Google explained to its users a change to how it uses personal data for targeted advertising. And it's really looking at whether the way that change was um, communicated and notified to users amounted to appropriate user consent for the data to be used in the way that Google intended. Yeah, this is a, a big part of the ACCC's push into placing a value and therefore protecting consumer data. Sonia, have you seen any changes in the market yet as a consequence of of this case against Google? I'm certainly seeing it in the advice that we're giving to clients and when we're having discussions about what what they're planning to do with their data. And the conversations that I'm really having with clients are you need to be really open and transparent about what you're doing because now you don't just have the Privacy Commissioner regulating this space, but you also have the ACCC 
um, who've made their position really clear that you can't mislead consumers around the way in which you use their data. And I think that is really starting to resonate with clients and their understanding that they have to change the way in which they communicate with their consumers and they can't just sort of hide things in privacy policies. And we are having a pretty open conversation around, hang on a second, does this need to be a separate tick box for this additional use? From my perspective, I don't know whether people are immediately thinking about it. But when I talk about this case and what it means, I I think it's definitely resonating and clients are starting to understand that this is becoming a very, very tricky space in which to operate. So I think we're definitely seeing a shift. I think the other thing we're starting to see is the way in which we see things like privacy policies and the like being presented. We're going to see people doing that in new and innovative ways to make things clearer to consumers. So I expect that we're going to see things like pictures and diagrams and a move away from plain, you know, legal legal jargon and really long T's and C's. I expect that we might see more of a best practice approach of much clearer T's and C's, pictures, which really explain to consumers what's going on when I give my data or personal information to this company, what's going to happen next? I think that's going to be a big market change. Um, And I do think organisations have to do better. Yeah, I mean, it's always interesting to me as someone who practices a lot in this space to see different parts of the economy realise that sector-specific legislation and regulations that they're used to thinking about is not the be-all and end-all of regulation and, oh, hang on, you mean the Australian consumer law applies to us as well? We've seen that time and time again. In fact, on one of our other earlier podcasts, we were talking about it in the context of the health sector and aged care. So it is fascinating. Hopefully we'll see um, some changes. What about in the area of telecommunications? What uh, what did the actual Triple C do last year? The enforcement focus in telecommunications is still on misleading and deceptive conduct. We saw action against Dodo's claim that a 10 gig data plan was, you know, perfect for streaming. So it's still the speed claims that are made in advertising. Also, something we've seen before and, and it's happening again, claims about the consequences and timing of moving to the NBN. So this time it was NBN itself in notices to customers of Transact, which is the network in the ACT. That's a fibre to the premises network there. And NBN's own communications claimed that those services would be disconnected if they didn't migrate to the NBN network, but they got the timing of migration of an existing FTTP network wrong. So possibly that was just missent communications. And the final thing was around, you know, pricing, focus on misleading and deceptive conduct in pricing of telco services in that TPG case, which actually the ACCC was not successful in. That was a novel kind of payment plan product where TPG was asking its subscribers to pay a $20 contingency payment and it was only on low cost plans and it would cover for if those users exceeded their data allowances on their plan. So the ACCC had thought that construct of itself might be a bit too complex and misleading to consumers and really took issue with TPG. You know, one of the terms was that TPG would keep 
keep $10 of that $20 buffer if subscriber cancelled their plan. And so the HPC thought that was fundamentally unfair, but the court held that it wasn't because the argument there was TPG's ability to retain that $10 gave them the ability to offer very low, like lower than market cost plans. So because they were protecting a legitimate business interest, the the kind of pricing construct there wasn't unfair and the kind of statements around that weren't misleading. I found that case interesting, actually, because one of the reasons, not the only one, obviously, but one of the reasons that the judge reached the view that the terms were not unfair centred around this notion of transparency, which is obviously part of the test for an unfair contract term. The interesting part is not that, but that the judge found that consumers would take the time to read the parts of the contract that were important to them, that impacted their rights in some way. And I just found that surprising because that doesn't reflect my real world experience. Do you guys have a view on that? Yeah, I agree with you, Sean. I think more and more, as especially as we transact online or through our phones, even when the T's and C's are offered to be emailed to you separately, I, even as a lawyer, don't always go back and read through them. I don't. And I think that's why the claim is so important, right? I, I don't tend to read the fine print even as a lawyer. Busy mum here, I confess, I am wooed by the claim. And so the claim can't be misleading because I I don't tend to go back and read the fine print for those fairly fast transactions that you tend to make. I just wanted to observe that it's interesting that focus still is misleading claims around speed and data and pricing. Like it feels a little bit like Groundhog Day, don't you think? I think the reason we see a lot of action in this space is because they are the, the levers, if you like, in the industry on which the providers really do compete. It's on who's got the better, faster network and who's got the cheapest prices. So it makes sense to me that there's always going to be quite a bit of action in this space because that's where it makes the most sense for the providers to be pushing the envelope and kind of playing or tempting the regulator in this space. It's been a a hot button issue for the Commission for a number of years. I predicted in the ACCC year in review publication that they would have felt confident that they'd done enough in this space and they were going to move off it. It's one of the few areas I got wrong, unfortunately. Then the Commission has renewed its interest in this area and its 2021 enforcement priorities. So obviously they feel there's more work to be done. And before we move off telco and into the extremely interesting area of the digital platforms inquiry anything else that's worth noting in telecommunications of course in the telco space we also saw the ACCC decide not to make a final access determination on nbn's wholesale pricing so it quickly closed down two consultations and accepted nbn's wholesale broadband agreement mark four so that was big news for retail service providers who buy from nbn and then To your point about the predictions for 2021, there was also activity on kind of looking forward to what it takes to roll out 5G infrastructure. So I think of particular interest going forward as well will be the final report on the facilities access code review. Yeah, I think you'll be one of the few people waiting to read that with a huge amount of interest. (laughs) Yeah, you'd be surprised. There's a lot of um, property owners, planning authorities, uh, landowners for whom that stuff is quite important. So I'm hoping they'll read it too or ask me to read it. Well, that would be good. I'll, I'll agree with that part. Let's talk about the ACCC's inquiry into the digital 
major digital platforms. I know that is something that has really caught the attention of the Australian media and overseas as well. What were some of the key findings? The ACCC has really kind of articulated its views in its first interim report about how it sees market power in this space, so for the digital platforms. And I think we'll see that and those views that are stated there in the interim report, we'll see that flow through to what they do in the rest of their work under the digital platforms inquiry so it's quite significant that they've put that out there and basically what we're getting from that is a clear view that the ACCC thinks Google is dominant in the search market and Facebook dominates in social whereas Apple's position in the app marketplace is very significant but is somewhat constrained because of Facebook's market power in apps themselves. So I think we will see reference back to those positions of the ACCC in terms of the balance of market power in the space and that will inform kind of the recommendations going forward. And I know that the Commission is looking at this this issue of you know market concentration and market power. Has there been any suggestions so far that the ACCC is looking at divestment potentially to reduce market power? And if not, what other approaches might they be considering? The Digital Platforms Inquiry report doesn't yet flag any action like that. But of course, we did see the FCC commence action in the US that calls for breaking up of Facebook. We really don't know yet what tools in the ACCC's armory it might use if it is convinced that there needs to be some kind of intervention in the Australian market. But to some extent, I think the ACCC can, if it wants to, sit back and let the proceedings overseas play out before it steps in here in Australia. And Sonia, one of the key underlying aspects that the ACCC has seized on in in looking at market power and reaching some of those preliminary findings about market power is, once again, data, consumer data. And so that's clearly growing in importance for the regulators. Are we seeing that also in the privacy sphere? I mean, I think definitely. I think what we have seen in the privacy sphere is over the last three years, there's just been a number of key things that have happened which have really elevated the importance of personal information and the value of that. So even in the introduction of the mandatory data breach regime, for example, where serious data breaches have to be notified, it just means that together with the introduction of the GDPR overseas in Europe and in the UK, together with the digital platforms review, those sort of all of these things together have just really elevated how important personal information is and how valuable it is. And what is really interesting, speaking to clients, is that so many people are still so underprepared. Everyone's in a different journey in terms of where they are, in terms of their privacy compliance. But look, a lot of people are really far behind and you're sort of playing catch up and now you're entering into a world where if something goes wrong, you might be dealing with the privacy commissioner, the ACCC and ACMA (laughs) and you might, if your stuff up is so bad when it comes to um, a privacy or data issue, you could potentially have three regulators who are looking at that issue that you've um, you've misused data in a certain way. So, yeah, I definitely think it's becoming 
harder to manage and just the value of personal information and data to organisations is becoming more and more apparent. At least in terms of the market power issues identified in some of the preliminary findings in the digital platforms inquiry, are we seeing the digital platforms, the large, you know, Google and Facebook, are we seeing them exercise that market power in a way that the ACCC is concerned if they if they pinpointed any conduct that's concerning them so far it's still very much under review so we know what they're what they're doing next is having a look at kind of particularly unfair terms in in the app marketplace so that's under scrutiny now and they're kind of forming up their views about that they've just launched its consultation on the choice of search and browser apps so really looking at in particular the android choice screen so they're going to have a look at how to redress kind of a multinational advantage that these operators have. So looking at the dispute resolution clauses that require international arbitration, looking at the rights that platforms have to terminate and suspend um, user accounts kind of unilaterally and without much notice and kind of kick someone off an app entirely if they haven't complied with the terms of use, which is quite interesting coming out of a COVID year where we saw some of the platforms do that to stop the spread of misinformation about COVID. But to do that, they probably relied on those very contractual terms that are now under scrutiny for being unfair terms. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. And then the usual suspect in any kind of unfair terms review, they're going to have a look at unilateral variation rights under the contract as well. I must admit, uh, as one of the oldest people on this podcast, I found it fascinating that we are back talking about (laughs) default search engines. Do you remember years ago and uh, all the competition regulators globally, it was Microsoft, I think, and locking in search engines. Yeah. Uh, And here we are all these years later and it's become an issue all over again. It's fascinating. Yeah, I agree. That technology tie-in problem is still a significant tie-in. And because now that comes hand in hand with sharing of data assets by these very large companies that have very large data assets now. That is still an area of significant focus for international competition regulators. Now, I mentioned Google and Facebook a moment ago, and gee, the ACCC is not afraid of a fight, as we know, but they've really squared up in 2020 against Google and Facebook. What are some of the issues that the ACCC see is is raising in connection with these businesses what are we seeing i think what we're seeing is that the ACCC has come out and made really clear that organisations need to be open and transparent around how you're using customer data and it's just the position of hiding things in your privacy policy and collection statement is just no longer tenable. So I think that that's a really interesting development and that is not just relevant for digital businesses or digital platforms, it's actually relevant for everyone. But what we're seeing is that these cases have sort of set a very clear precedent that it's just not okay anymore to hide sort of secondary uses or or in your collection statements and in um and in your privacy policy. And I think the way of sort of thinking about it is don't be creepy when it comes to the way you use your data. Consumers shouldn't be surprised when they hand their data over to someone how it's actually used. I often say that to clients, you know, would you would your customers feel creeped out knowing that 
you were handing this data to this third party and they were going to use it for that purpose. And don't you think we need a, a second sort of tick box? That, that, that has to be a, an opt-in. And I think that on that, the health engine case, which which I know sort of sits a little a bit outside of that, is the clearest example of that issue around openness and transparency. But it really does fit for me with the Facebook, Google decisions. The health engine decision is very much in that sphere as well. Look, I think, you know, that comment, don't be creepy. It's really similar to the advice I often get give to our, you know, the marketing departments of clients, which is don't be sneaky, you know. Yeah. Like it, and it's funny because the ACL, the Australian Consumer Law, is directed towards protecting <laughs> and promoting the welfare of consumers. And, you know, don't be creepy and don't be sneaky when dealing yeah. with consumers. I mean, that's great advice. It is. It is. I I am. I, I love it. And we can solve so many problems with that. And I think sometimes, Sean, I was talking about another client saying, if it feels icky, it probably is. And I had a client who called me the other day and she said, I'm calling you because I have this icky feeling about what, the way the business is proposing to use the data. And I said, well, I'm glad you gave me a call because let's talk it through. And we we talked it through and we just realised that we just needed to flip things. The way it had been structured was sort of a, an opt-out situation where really with what was happening, the data was being passed over to a third party for their own use. It was like, hang on a sec, this is a clear, no, I'm happy for that to occur. I want to opt into that. And I'm really glad that that client listened to that intuition of don't be like this feels icky so don't be sneaky don't be creepy <laughs> and call us if it feels icky and call, yeah. call, if it, call us if it feels icky i think that <laughs> is great advice particularly for a lot of our our overseas clients or our multinationals who yeah. may not be as familiar with the australian consumer law and we, there are a number of big name prosecutions every year you know where they don't realize mm-hmm. how the law impacts them or applies to them and you know, I think a lot about those clients, those sorts of clients are surprised at the application of the Australian consumer law. And also, of course, we've got such an active regulator as well. So those yeah. tests are a really nice, simple little touchstone for all of our overseas clients or multinational clients. Okay, well, I think that's all we've got time for. So I hope that everyone listening enjoyed uh, this episode. If you've got any questions, please head over to the Maddox website where you can get in touch with either myself, Sonia or Elise. Thanks very much for listening and please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.